Should the Washington Commanders trade or extend defensive lineman Deron Payne? And who will be Washington's next Buffalo nickel? All of that right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, and we are free and available on all platforms. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am David Harrison covering the Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My co-host Chris Russell is not here, but you can find the rooster, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980. Find Chris and Pete there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here, we're on Twitter at DHarrison82, at Russellmania621, and at LO Commanders. We thank you again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen or your first view every single day. Deron Payne's absence from team drills on or at OTAs due to his desire to have a new contract in place presents a problem for Washington with two almost equally unattractive options. Uh, the young defensive lineman. Former first-round pick back in 2018 did have his fifth-year option picked up by the club, meaning that all $8.295 million of his 2022 salary is guaranteed, and it is all dead money if they were to release him. They're not going to. But they could trade him, potentially, uh, and then and trading him would send all that guaranteed money elsewhere and would save the Washington Commanders at least a portion of money if they don't bring on uh, some more salary cap from a trade themselves. Now, going through Deron Payne, four and a half sacks in 2021 after having three in 2020, two in 2019, and a career-high five in his rookie season in 2018. Since then, that production has obviously dipped a little bit, came back up a little bit last year, but there have been some other questions, effort questions, things like that. Of course, you remember the, the dust-up that he had with Jonathan Allen there uh, on the sideline during the regular season last year. Everybody says bygones be bygones. They're brothers, they're competitors, they're warriors. It happens, and you know it absolutely does uh, happen from time to time, and it doesn't have to be a big deal. But uh, over the cap has Deron Payne's valuation, $9.5 million annual average value, meaning that when they stack him up against the other defensive tackles in the National Football League, that's what they estimate him to be worth in an annual average contract. Doesn't mean that he'll get $9.5 million every year. Maybe he'll get eleven one year, seven and a half uh, another year. And maybe it may not all be guaranteed. A lot of it may be tied to incentives. But bottom line, Terry McClure, not the only Washington commander looking for a new contract. Deron Payne, not happy about, uh, apparently not happy about, I guess I don't want to put words into his mouth, but you know, he walked off the field, didn't do the team portion of practice the day that the media was present because of his unsecured future playing on a one-year deal. Uh, granted, a very, very nice payday on that one-year deal, but he wants some security. Who doesn't want security? Everybody wants security. Now, Washington currently has $7.39 million available in salary cap space, again, according to over the cap. So if they were to pay him, you're likely looking at a deal somewhere around three years, $30 million with 24 guaranteed. That's kind of just me ballparking. It's not inside information. That's not, you know, his agent pumping information through me or anything. That's just kind of ballpark. If OTC is saying he's worth about nine and a half million. Three years, $30 million, that's $10 million. That puts him in the top 15 of current defensive tackles paid in the National Football League, which would probably make him pretty happy. 
24 guaranteed puts him at 8 million per year guaranteed money. Uh, but then you have the additional two years on average per year in potential incentives that he could do. And that kind of gives you a little bit of insurance. Hopefully that the, the effort questions uh, that some people have had about Duran will kind of go away, go away. So there's downside to paying him. There's an upside to paying him. Of course, now the downside uh, to pay him, paying him, we'll start with the bad news. Uh, you're paying for decline, de- decline production. The production hasn't gotten better. The, the production has actually gone down. Now, granted, the production went up in 2021 compared to 2020 and 2019. But overall, you start off with five sacks. And, you know, it's hard to expect an interior defensive lineman to just continue getting sacks unless it's Aaron Donald. But you see him go from five to two to three, back to four and a half. Some of that is offenses getting better at protecting against them. Some of that could be some other things the team knows better, obviously, than I do. So how much do you want to pay for declining production and how much value are you willing to accelerate or elevate uh, for the promise of increased production down the road? And then you have the other question. What does it mean for Fedarian Mathis, right? You draft Fedarian Mathis out of Alabama, defensive lineman in the second round of the 2022 NFL draft. Teams don't typically draft a guy in the second round if they're not expecting him to at least become a starter uh, on that, on that, on that, in that position group, it doesn't really matter what position: running back, wide receiver, O line, D line, safety, corner, linebacker, quarterback, kicker. Right? It doesn't matter what you draft in the second round. I mean, you're not necessarily saying that's a day one starter, right? Per se, depending on the strength of your roster, but you want that guy to be a significant contributor. Well, you've already got Jonathan Allen under contract. Now, if you put Deron Payne under an extended contract, you got Fedarian Mathis. I mean, you basically drafted a. A third guy, right? A, a, a third guy in the second round, or you're going to be paying Deron Payne to be the third guy, you know, as as early as this season or next season, or maybe you're moving to a three, four, or five, two. I mean, three, four is my pipe dream. I'll just be honest with you guys. Uh, I'm a big fan of the three, four front. I like that as a base defense in the National Football League, and in, in my you know uh, insane plan, you put Fedarian Mathis there in the defensive tackle position. You put Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne on either side of him. You let him go to town. You put Chase Young and Montez Sweat standing up. You got Cole Holcomb uh, and Jamin Davis standing up in the middle there. You let Cole Holcomb be the mic, set the defense, and you let those guys go to work. Or maybe, and I know I'm not the only one to speculate this. I'm not the first. I won't be the last. Maybe you're going to see some five-man fronts. Maybe we're going to have Fedarian Mathis there in the middle. You got Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen on either side uh, taking on the guards and, and those interior gaps. And then you got Montez Sweat and Chase Young on the edges with their hands still in the dirt. Uh, taking on those perimeter guys, the tight ends, the tackles, uh, et cetera. And then you still have Cole Holcomb, Jamin Davis. They're your two linebackers. And then the rest of the guys are defensive back safeties, Buffalo nickel uh, type of players. So those are all kind of potential developments if you decide to pay uh, Deron Payne. Because, again, you're going to want to get a return on your second-round pick there for Darian Mathis. So you can't just necessarily put him on the sideline and say, ah, we'll make you a rotational guy second-round pick. That's not typically what you go for when you're looking at a second round pick. Now the upside to paying Deron Payne, right, is you could actually help move some money for for Terry McLaurin. Like I said, the the Washington Commanders have about seven million, a little bit over seven million dollars in cap space right now. If you sign Deron Payne to a new contract and you and you absorb the the current year contract, you actually move some of that money around and free up some money to maybe give Terry a new contract. Basically, you either front load. So if you re-sign Terry and you re-sign Deron. You front load one of those those contracts, you back load the other, and you kind of balance out the cap hits throughout. If you're moving to a 3-4 or 5-2, again, 3-4 is my pipe dream. Don't take that seriously. I don't actually think that's happening. But if you move to a 5-2, even in situational uh, defenses, then obviously having Deron Payne uh, in order to be able to do that is beneficial. 
or we could get really fun with it, really crazy, and you could trade him. The upside of trading him, clearly a little bit of that heavy investment on the defensive line, right? Everybody likes to say all these first-round picks on the defensive front. Uh, you're going to move that a little bit. You're going to get rid of that that one first-round pick, and now that draft capital investment isn't as heavy, uh, and you're going to get more draft capital down the road or a player acquisition if you choose to go that route. Opportunity. It's it's, it's opportunity now in the late part of the offseason to kind of counter what the Eagles have done. You kind of look at what they've done with their roster, how they've risen up uh, the NFC East. Everybody always says that before – you're talking about winning Super Bowls and titles. You got to win your division first. So if you look at the Eagles and the Cowboys as the top two two contenders to the Commanders, then you, this is an opportunity to kind of go out there and maybe shop Deron Payne out there for a weapon or a player, a contributor to your roster that can help kind of balance out uh, what those other teams have done as well. So there's a, there's an advantage there. The downside uh, to trading him, I think first and foremost, you've already lost Tim Settle. You've already lost Matt Ioannidis. This further depletes your uh, defensive line group if you get rid of Deron Payne. And now you're forcing Fedarian Mathis into a starting role as a rookie. It's one thing for him to earn it, kind of show that he deserves it, ease him into it here and there. Uh, it's a whole other to just boot to the butt, get out there in the deep end, my friend, and uh, see if you swim. So those are the upsides and downsides of signing him, the upsides and downsides to trading him. But before you completely get it, get out of the trade conversation, what could you get? Right. What could Washington get? One example uh, is draft capital, a team like maybe the Cleveland Browns, who have Deshaun Watson. Uh, they've, they've made some other moves. They feel like maybe they could be a competitor. Maybe they're willing to float a second round draft pick uh, over to the Washington Commanders for a former first round draft pick. Probably not getting a first round pick for Deron Payne, but if you get a second this year versus maybe a third round compensatory uh, in 2024, if he signs somewhere else 2023, that would be a, a, a nice return on the investment in the Cleveland Browns. $27 million of cap space so they can make it happen. But there are also players that the Washington Commanders might be able to bring in for Deron Payne if they do decide to go the trade route and another team maybe they can get some capital off of. We're going to go over some of those options, some of those players that Washington could target to bring on to the team. You're not going to like some of them. You're going to like some of them. But first, our next product has a product or our next partner has a product that you should like. I like and I use it literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I needed a way to get solid doses of vitamins early in the morning without having to swallow a handful of pills. With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. I wake up, I mix my AG1 with 12 ounces of water and juice, and literally anyone can do it. Even if you're eating keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself, and it costs you less than $3 a day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's all there is to it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for making the Locked On Washington Commanders podcast your first listen or view every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcast players. The Washington Commanders could possibly obtain in a trade for Deron Payne here in segment two. Uh, look, Deron Payne, trade speculation 
nothing new around this young fella. It was it was there last year, uh, especially towards the end of the year. Maybe this was going to be the end of Deron Payne. Might see him uh, shipped off during the offseason. All throughout the offseason, essentially, so at one point or another, it came up almost in every discussion. Uh, and then and leading into draft weekend, then when Federian Mathis got drafted uh, there on day two, it really kind of ramped up that maybe he wouldn't even be with the commanders past that weekend. Well, he's still with the commanders, still on the roster. He was at uh, OTAs. He was at practice, did the initial warmups, did the sleds, did the individual drills. And then when the team drills uh, got set to happen, walked off the field, uh, call it protest, call it what you want, but whatever it was, he walked off the field, obviously not happy that he's playing on a one-year deal. It's a contract year for him, $8.259 million uh, on that fifth-year option. So if the Washington Commanders decide to trade Deron Payne, put Fedarian Mathis, you know, or Fedarian Mathis in the firing line, make him a starter year one as a second-round draft pick, who are some players that they could potentially bring in uh, in exchange? And, and for the first option, we're going to go right up the road to Baltimore, Maryland. We're going to the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm talking about safety Chuck Clark. and for good measure, quarterback Tyler Huntley. Uh, look, Chuck Clark, a lot of people in Baltimore around the Ravens or the fans, uh, they assume that Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame that a lot of people had mocked to the Washington Commanders, including Chris and myself, uh, is there to replace Chuck Clark. Chuck is only 27 years old, so he's still got plenty uh, of tread on the tires. You assume he's played, he played 449 snaps as a free safety in 2021 but you got bobby mccain but he also had 302 snaps in the box and again if you go back to yesterday's uh episode i explained in the box means some sort of linebacker strong safety uh type role a little bit of a mixture of all of those things so 449 snap snaps as a free safety for chuck clark 302 of them in the box as some sort of a linebacker strong safety uh type role again pff does this by alignment so much and not traditional uh, position group. So, you know, not saying that Baltimore identified him as a linebacker, just that he lined up in a position more traditionally suited to play linebacker, which fits the Buffalo nickel position, right? So Chuck Clark could potentially come in. Uh, he's got some coverage skills. He's got some tackle skills. He's got some Buffalo nickel potential to him as well. Add to add talent to that safety group. Quarterback Tyler Huntley. Honestly, guys, look, I know some of you Washington fans, you really like him. You really were excited what you saw uh, from him when he was with Baltimore and they faced Washington last year. They'll face him again this year so you'll get to see him one way or another anyway uh a lot of people were intrigued by him i was intrigued by him i i like what we saw in that preseason matchup as well so why not we'll throw tyler huntley uh in there as well if it's just clark though if washington trades deron Payne to the baltimore ravens for chuck clark and maybe some draft capital you know whatever they work out uh washington would save around three million dollars in salary cap space next up we're going to move further up the eastern seaboard i don't know if that's even the right way of saying that uh but we're going to stay in the afc and we're looking at the new england patriots and wide receiver and akil harry and i and i know what you're about to say wide receiver we got terry mclaurin never better we sign him curtis samuel's coming back uh diami brown is 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 back for another year and, and looked you know pretty good on day one jahan dotson's a first round draft we don't need another wide receiver look you could always use more wide receiver okay Nikhil harry uh, former high-round draft pick of the New England Patriots, kind of worn out his welcome there. Uh, what I like about Harry is what he brings to the roster that's different than what the rest of those guys bring. I'm not saying they're all short, okay, but Nikhil Harry, six foot four, uh, wide receiver, runs faster than Cam Sims. So I know Cam Sims also up there at six foot four, I believe, but Nikhil Harry is a faster six foot four uh, than Cam Sims is, at least by you know stopwatches and all this stuff. Had to see him side by side to prove it. But he just he brings a dynamic to the team that they just don't really have right now. And again, I know you have Cam Sims. That's the only one you have. You want to have some variety, have some competition in there and maybe see who the best man is. 
you bring him in if, if you have to waive him or whatever, then it's not a huge loss. Uh, hopefully, maybe you get some draft capital uh, in exchange for that. Again, if they bring in Nikhil Harry, uh, Wash saves around $5 million. Not not 100% married to that idea. I'm sure some of you out there just completely dismiss it. That's fine, too. Um, but I think it could be an interesting idea to, to converse about if uh, Washington so chooses. Next up, a team we kind of already talked about, the Cleveland Browns. Maybe they want to give up draft capital. Maybe they want to give up a player and draft capital to kind of lower the value of that draft capital. Cornerback Greedy Williams is a guy that had a lot of hype around him coming out of LSU, really hasn't translated in the NFL. Another player with some young, or he is young, has some athletic talent, could be looking for a change of scenery in a package deal for a pick and a player. The Browns are going to give up less draft capital. You're talk, probably talking Greedy Williams, who's a second-round pick. I don't know, maybe you get a fourth or a fifth. Maybe if they're really desperate, you get a third out of them. Either way, you get a little bit of draft capital back to make up for the hit that is coming next year uh, when the Carson Wentz trade kicks in and the Indianapolis Colts either take a second-round pick or a third-round pick in the 2023 NFL draft from Washington, and Washington saves about $6 million. So you get draft capital, you get a young corner that maybe has some potential left in them, maybe doesn't, it's low risk, uh, and you save $6 million in the process this next one maybe a little bit more of a pipe dream but not as much as the wide receiver one uh from a positional standpoint position of need yes but jesse bates the safety out of the cincinnati Bengals franchise very interesting situation going on with jesse bates there so team captain very very key player uh, on that team franchise tagged by the cincinnati Bengals has since told them he will not be playing on that franchise tag so they need to work out a deal and as uh, as we know as so far no deal has been worked out perhaps Having pain in that package could decrease the draft capital the Bengals will be looking for because as of right now, the word on the streets are the Bengals want a first-round pick in exchange for Mr. Bates. Well, if you're the Washington Commanders, you give up a first-rounder, Carson Wentz plays 70% of the snaps in 2023, you're not making a pick till the third round. That's that's a little bit problematic. So adding pain in there, you know, maybe you get second-round you know, uh, clout for him or something, you give up maybe a fourth. And then maybe you give up like a 2024 fourth as well or something like that. Maybe you can kind of drive that price point down a little bit. But the problem here is both your third and second round draft picks are kind of earmarked. You can't really trade either one of them because if you trade your second rounder and Carson Wentz blows the roof off the place and becomes a starter extraordinaire, then you don't have the capital to give to the Indianapolis Colts. So you can't do that. Uh, And you don't want to trade your third rounder either because what if Carson gets injured or gets benched or something like that? Then you got to give up your third rounder. I don't know what the NFL would do in that situation. So it's a little bit difficult to work out a Jesse Bates deal. Plus, Bates is you're looking for a long-term contract, obviously. Uh, Spot Track has him estimated somewhere between 14 to $15 million on average. Uh, and you don't have Terry McLaurin extended yet. So, you know, you don't want you probably don't want to go throwing out 14, 15 million dollars a year uh, if you've also got to throw out 22, 22 and a half per year, probably for Terry McLaurin. So hard to commit to something like that, robbing Peter to pay Paul essentially, but it's an interesting topic, interesting uh, thought process to go through. I mean, you know, look, Bobby McCain, I mean, if you bring in Jesse Bates, you probably got to throw Bobby McCain in the deal as well. I think he's a $4 million dead cap. So, I mean, again, the trade, probably not something that could be worked out, but it's just, it's fun to think about in the world of speculation that we're living in right now. Finally, this one more realistic to wrap things up here in this trade conversation, New Orleans Saints probably get a second round draft pick from them. They don't have a first round draft pick next year, but they could use a guy on the interior line of their defense lineup next to David on Yamada as they try to show the world that Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do do not have a chokehold on the NFC South. Uh, and I will tell you the Saints roster don't sleep on those guys. Uh, they have definitely done some good work. So if they could bring in a guy like Deron Payne, give up a second round pick to the Washington commanders in the process, we've seen them 
overpay, quote unquote, for guys before uh, they're not afraid to do it. And if they think it helped them uh, win the NFC South and defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the likes of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they certainly would do it. So those are my kind of off the cuff ideas. If you have your own thoughts on the potential of re-signing or trading defensive tackle Deron Payne, let us know in email, Twitter or voicemail form. All those resources will be laid out at the end of this episode. In the next segment, we're going to wrap up our OTA observations this week with a discussion about the Buffalo nickel position and who might be replacing Landon Collins coming up right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Wrapping up this episode, wrapping up the week at the Locked On Commanders podcast with a question, who will be the Washington Commanders Buffalo nickel? Now, what is the Buffalo nickel? I know Chris has kind of described this before. Other people kind of tried before. I'm going to give it the simplest phrasing I possibly can. Basically, you're looking at a safety that can tackle better than your average safety or a linebacker that can cover better than your average linebacker. You're looking for a safety linebacker hybrid. So one of the things that Chris wanted to really know about coming out of this first session of OTAs is who was lining up in that Buffalo nickel position, especially for the first team defense. And I will tell you, Cam Curl did it. Derek Forrest did it. Bobby McCain did it. I don't know if they would actually call it a Buffalo nickel, but I will tell you, I saw Bobby McCain in the box uh, lined up next to the linebackers at one point in time. Percy Butler, I I don't really remember seeing him in that position. He was on the field quite often, though, uh, as well. Cam Curl and Derek Forrest, that's who looked like the two prime uh, candidates. You go back to the trade talks for Deron Payne, Chuck Clark, you know what I mean? You bring him in, Chuck Clark could be a guy that lines up in that position as well. Derek Forrest was a guy that, you know, I, I... Probably wasn't really thinking about it as much. I want to say it was a surprise, surprise. Uh, but just when I kind of thought in my mind who might be playing that Buffalo nickel position, Derek Forrest, not really the guy uh, that came to mind. Cam Curl, when he got the reps down in the box, you know, move fast, read fast, click and close, all those things, doing the things that Cameron Curl has become known for with the Washington Commanders, why he's such a fan favorite. Derek Forrest looked actually very good. Um, it, it was one of those situations where feel confident looking at the number, looking at the player, but you want to check the list just to make sure. And I did. And yeah, and he looked good. And he got a lot of first team reps out there uh, kind of playing in that position. So again, a little bit of a rotational piece there. And then Bobby McCain again. I don't know if it's just the the way the defense aligned, a shift in the call or something that put Bobby McCain kind of down there in the box. But, you know, that was kind of a minimal thing. So those are really the four player. Well, not really even the four, really the two. Cam Curl and Derek Forrest uh, seem to be the biggest candidates. And really, I think what you're going to end up seeing is, Cam Curl, Derek Forrest, Bobby McCain kind of on the field at the same time as your three safeties back there. And then depending on what the offense does, how they line up, how they shift or or use motion, you'll end up seeing them kind of rotate as they need to and do things on their own to kind of combat what the offense is doing. Looking forward to next Wednesday. Look for a little bit more of that. Look for a little bit of clarity on that. Maybe we see Percy Butler get in there a little bit more with the ones and maybe get an opportunity to show what he can do. Uh, again, the problem with all this stuff is you don't have any hitting, you don't have any pads. So it's a little bit hard to really fully put on display those abilities, but looking forward to seeing more out of the Washington defense and out of the Buffalo nickel position, kind of see if we can glean a little bit of what the team is looking to do in the 2022 NFL season. But that is coming up. What is also coming up is the end of today's episode. So we thank you for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen or your first view of the day. Now make your Locked On NFL podcast your second listen or view of the day. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 NFL squads. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. We will be back 
after the weekend. So if you got questions or topics you want us to discuss, send them in to locked on Washington commanders at gmail.com or call in and be a part of the show by dialing 301-615-3577. If you've got your own trade ideas for Don Payne, or if you want to make the case for Washington to sign the man, re-sign Terry McLaurin in the process, let us know. Hit us up again. You can send them in to LockedOnWashingtonCommanders.gmail.com or call in to 301-615-3577. For Chris Russell of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980, I'm David Harrison, writer for SI.com's Foundation. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.